We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome along to a special edition of Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. On today's show, we are going to be doing a draft. We've done a few of these recently. We're going to keep doing them throughout the rest of the offseason in the different formats. We'll be drafting in the FFPC main event. We'll be drafting in the Football Guys Players Championship. We'll be drafting in some of these uh, FFPC best ball tournaments as well. And uh, we had some requests in from the listeners to hear our strategy and our talk as to how we decide to make these picks. And what better way to, to talk through it than when we are on the clock trying to make those decisions. So myself and Sean are going to be on this show. We're going to be joined by Blair Andrews. Blair, of course, uh, the, the author of The Wrong Read, one of mine and Sean's favorite pieces to discuss on the show. He is a massive part of what we do over here at Rotoviz, one of the co-owners, along with Sean himself. So Blair's going to join us now in a moment as we go through the draft. We'll be going through the early parts of the draft and uh, those opening rounds on today's show. And then throughout the week, uh, we will be dropping the rest of the additions as we go through the mid-rounds, the late rounds, and then as well, heading up the recap of what we would change or what we would do differently once we see how all has settled on our lineup. This is going to be in the FFPC uh, tournament which is a best ball tournament it's a $105 entry fee $100,000 to first place so we will be going through that it is an, a slim draft uh, if you're playing at the FFPC which means it is 18 rounds there is no kickers there is no defense so that is one of the main changes uh, and it is tight end premium as well so we did draw the 12th slot in this so if we talk about zero RB that might be perking a lot of people's interest to see how we go Let's see if we did that or if we did a different approach because uh, it was an interesting draft, I will say that. So let's get straight into it. Let's get into those opening rounds. So coming back here at the the 7-8 turn, we're going to also have a pretty difficult decision because we went running back tight end at the last turn. We're very weak at wide receiver for a Rotoviz oriented team, which also means that we're weak in terms of trying to win this tournament. Our... QBs that we've been talking about as options if we didn't get one of the elite guys those guys tend to go in round eight so if we don't look at them at the seven eight turn at least one of them 
then probably they're not going to make it all the way through round nine and back to us. At the same time, we're going to get a shot at two good wide receivers here. That's going to not be the case after this point. I almost feel like we've got to forego QB again and hit whichever two wide receivers we like best at this next turn. Now, if they all get whacked out, which based on ADP is pretty unlikely, you know, then we could look at one of the, the QBs. But do we need to go wide receiver, wide receiver, or QB wide receiver in order to get a little exposure to the QB? One of the things that we also see is that late round QB is not a great approach in best ball. And so that has to factor into our thinking as well. I'll go first. Um, I think here my targets coming into this would be uh, Tyler Boyd and Chenault if I was looking wide receiver, uh, like Gallup as well. I'd be pushed a little bit further on. Uh, I do think like normally in this range, I'm looking at Moss and Connor. I think based on taking those two running backs, we just, we bypass that in this range. Um, I know Sean, you mentioned about uh, stacking, maybe not, not being as important um, in this format as some people are thinking but we would have the option there possibly to take rogers uh, i know brady tends to be the guy that you would be targeting in that range i think then um you know we're kind of personally i think we probably would it would make sense for us to take one of those quarterbacks and one of the wide receivers that would be there in that range um for the actual overall build because i think then in the, the next couple of rounds there is some wide receivers that we could we could fill in but i think the, the quarterbacks unless we're going to wait to somebody like trevor lawrence um we're starting to get into weak quarterback one territory yeah i mean i'm curious because sean you've done a lot of work on you know with the best ball um roster construction explorer and looking at the qb window i mean do you think that because qb adp is moving up that we also need to move the window up like is taking three QBs in rounds 10 through 12 now considered late round QB. Well, one of the things I discussed with Sal when I was on his show the other day too, is you can actually go Q two QB in this format and generate decent win rates. Uh, obviously you feel much more fragile in terms of what your overall build is. The current setup that we have, uh, if we, if you wait for, the double digit rounds to take your first QB, then your win rate drops, you know, into the sixes, which is not ideal. So it's, it's really very much a matter of, do we have guys late that we think are vastly undervalued because you would need to have something like that in there in order to feel really good at taking a shot. Now, some of our, our targets are coming off, right? So we have Tyler Boyd gone, Debo Samuel gone, Jerry Judy gone. Um, so we're getting a little bit thinner, but at this particular point, you know, we still have Chenault who seems like a, a pretty clear choice. And then someone like a Smith Schuster would be interesting. So Chenault also goes. So I think we're down to now it's pretty straightforward to take at least one, if not a couple of the QBs here. Yeah, it's, it's it's not working out here in the accordance to the the best case scenario. I don't think. Um, I, I know we're not doing this where people can listen to our thoughts, but I, I'm pretty sure that somebody has bugged into this recording session to uh, to figure things out. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on DJ Chark? I'm not against Chark, but I'm much much higher on Chenault. Like, and I mean much higher. Um, and I have been all off season i, I like I, I was 
it looks like the ADP has shifted now, but I would have been taking, um, you know, when there was kind of a, a round or two of ADP difference, maybe two months ago, I was taking Chenault over that. And as somebody is definitely listening to this recording, this DJ chart comes off the board. <laughs> so uh, I, I think we it makes sense here based on what's happened to take one of the quarterbacks at least. Um, and I probably at this point, based on how the 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 running backs are i probably based on how everyone has gone off the board that i would have taken i i did say about passing up on moss but i probably would be thinking towards that i know that wouldn't really fit our normal build what are we thinking about about doing here sean i think we take one of the quarterbacks probably in this first pick yeah one of the quarterbacks and then probably take another one with the second pick, so. and i i would i would push for rogers just purely on the fact that we that we took adams at the 201 but yeah i think so are you good with that blair yeah definitely yeah the running back that i would also be looking at maybe would be uh michael carter but i think going back to back qb makes probably makes more sense yeah it's just it's so compelling here now without the wide receivers we have three good choices in jalen hurts who sam is profiled as kind of leading one of the breakout offenses this season and then Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, both of those guys are going to put up big numbers. And so, uh, I mean, if if we have a preference here, if we want to take the safer guy in Brady who is healthy and has all of those elite targets, or if we want to go with Burrow who, I mean, I think he's going to outscore Justin Herbert. I think he's going to get close to Patrick Mahomes once he's healthy. I mean, he's going to put up a massive season. I, I would lean Burrow. What about you, Blair? Yeah, it's a tournament team. Let's go Burrow. Upside. Um, the other reason is just when you mentioned Hertz as well, Sean was uh, he is the week fourteen by as well. So just if we're drafting, I suppose with the the Taylor pick, it might put us into a spot if we have a few players in that week fourteen. Um, not not the anticipated uh, decisions that I think we were going to have, but I think it could be interesting. We'll see how it how it fills out here. Um, I think the best thing to do is not talk about any picks that we're interested in at the <laughs> next turn <laughs> to, to see how it goes, but. Um, I think we 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 probably will have to start um, going uh, with wide receivers. Two wide receivers on the board at the moment. Um, suppose we could be starting two tight ends each week as well. But uh, I like this team a lot, though. I mean, I, I think that one of the things that you have to do is be flexible. Be different. What happens, and yeah. when things don't go your way, then it, it allows you to take some of these guys who you don't normally get, which is a lot of fun. And so, I mean, we could be looking at this at the end of the season saying, man, if we had passed on those elite quarterbacks, it would have really killed us. I like the build that we have. You know, we have balance here. We don't necessarily get a chance to target wide receivers in this range, which we know is a little bit of a dead zone in most drafts. But this gives us a chance to, to actually sort of call our shot on some of those specific guys and draft some of the players that we really enjoy. And you mentioned earlier, Sean, about two quarterback build based on taking two quarterbacks as early. Are we thinking about just going two quarterbacks or we just see what's left very, very late if we wanted to add another one? I think it can still go both directions. We want to be willing to take the best values late in the draft. And, you know, the, the position now that we need to be fading is, is the running back position. You know, those guys are going to have to carry us. The, the value in these drafts is running back in round 15 through 18, right? And so, you know, perhaps wide receiver in the last round. And again, we're, we're not super wide receiver heavy. So there are going to be some guys kind of in that range 
who maybe don't always get drafted or we don't always draft that we can go after. But we're going to really need to wait at that position almost all the way to the end here, make sure we do get exposure to guys who are strong in these next couple of rounds. Yeah, the only thing I'll say on like two versus three QBs is that I'd feel more comfortable with just two QBs if it weren't these two QBs, <laughs> you know? Uh, just because of the sort of the risks associated with Rodgers and also Burrow coming off injury. But uh, so I'd still probably be interested in getting a third, but I'm uh, willing that, to. That would tie perfectly in with uh, Sean and Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. So we'll see. We might get him, we might bring him home. <laughs> hey, Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Afraid to mention the guys I'm looking at hoping will come back, but... Obviously, it's in a very small sample, but with the current build that we have with the two early tight ends and the two early QBs, the two QB uh, win rate is 20% and the top two percentile is actually 10%. So it, it also scores almost 100 points more on average than a three QB build. So I, again, we have to take into consideration sort of who we have, the fact that we have two guys who you know, neither of them might play. The other side of that, though, is, I mean, you're not trying to throw away these entries, but as we do have a little bit of a portfolio of tournament teams, it's almost something where we don't necessarily want to factor that in too much because if those guys don't play if they don't score then this team won't win anyway we want to make sure it's set up to have the most upside in the case that they do sort of meet our expectations yeah that's what i was kind of thinking too like 
um, you know, I, I would possibly be. We'll see. We'll see who's there. But like we seen who was there when we took the two quarterbacks. But um, you know, I think there's going to be some interesting choices based on trying to boost uh, kind of what we have at the wide receiver position. I think then if we get into that range too. At this point, I would be much more leaning towards a third tight end than a third quarterback. Um, just interested. Is that what you should be thinking as well? Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, I guess yeah, it's always a little a little harder when you actually have to put a name to the tight ends you're looking at and where you have to take them. Because um, this is not... You know, part of the appeal of getting an elite tight end or even two is that you don't have to get another one. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to go into this range where the names are kind of a little bit interesting, but also um, you can see a lot of red flags with a lot of them. Yeah, I think when we like when you start to get down here, the high that you're looking to get is a mid-range tight end, and the low end of that is just non-existent. So it's kind of a, a tricky situation that we get into. But we'll see how it goes. There's some interesting wide receivers I think that are going to come here. And Sean, we talked about some of these, and I think we actually drafted Marquise Bryan on on the other team that we did draft. Um, you know, and the other one then obviously is the week 14. I'll come into play again. Uh, Will Fuller is another wide receiver going in that range. Um, what's your thoughts on on marquise brown here with the fact that we also have mark andrews well when you look at the tight end one with the wide receiver one in this format it's been very much a wash right you got an 8.7 win rate 50.7 top six rate and exactly two percent top two percentage so it's not necessarily something that's going to help you it's not necessarily something that's going to hurt you you would want to make the decision based on the players and the values the concern that i would have when we look at some of these guys is exactly how the fit is for our roster and if there's enough firepower there with him as a little bit more of a a shot guy a vertical guy whereas we might want to be trying to get someone who can emerge more consistently one of the players who continues to sort of show up in our research a lot of the research showing that inconsistency is obviously difficult to project that some of the low-end scorer guys or some of the not low end scorer the the shorter depth of target guys are undervalued in best ball and so jarvis landry someone who i think you know we have to consider very seriously here as as just a guy who's going to go out there and score a lot more points than he's given credit for he doesn't necessarily have to have you know this combination of 30 point weeks and five point weeks to be valuable in this range he was somebody I was going to bring up uh, a moment ago when I mentioned Brown. I'm just interested then to see your thoughts. Uh, he does have a week 13 by. We have Rogers, Adams, and DJ Moore. So at the moment, we have two wide receivers with week 13s, and that would give us Landry as well with a week 13. I know we can fill it out later on, but I'm just wondering if that's something to take into consideration. Yeah, the buys have not kind of fit into which players have been drafted right ahead of us. Blair, who do you <laughs> like at the 9 10 here? I think uh, Landry is pretty compelling here. I'm okay with Marquise Brown, too. Yeah, those are probably my top two guys. Uh, I don't I know it's very what, what your thoughts on. Of whether Elijah Moore gets back to us. And so if he's a huge target, then we might need to reach almost the full couple of rounds just to kind of throw that in. Yeah. 
So we're on the clock. We have we have all those options. Um, I would probably go Brown and, and Landry, um, unless you want to take the, the reach on more. I do have a decent amount of him, so I don't necessarily have to get him from my portfolio, but I'm very open to because I think that he is going to outscore his ADP, even though his ADP does continue to creep up. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with, with Landry and more here. Um, but I'm okay with, with Landry and Brown too. I think Landry is highly awesome to agree on. So I think we'll draft Landry and we'll have a discussion here on, uh, what we're going to do, um, between Moore and Brown. Um, do we think there's any chance that, uh, Moore gets back to us? Um, I mean, where he's going now is like the middle of the 12th. So, I think he might I mean, come back to us. That's just in the last two weeks. I mean, maybe recent ADP is. Yeah, for the maybe. last week or so, I have him at 11.10. And so, I mean, he, he does continue to rise. He is compelling kind of in this range. Looking at other options in this range, I mean, I definitely think we want rugs at that spot. I mean, there's always a chance that he doesn't come back to us either. Uh, Rondell Moore available later gives us a little bit of cushion we can take a third running back obviously so yeah i think I'm again really... when, we, when we play that upside card i think there's a lot more chance that he ends up being wide receiver one for the jets than than brown like with the with all the mice defeat and the the lower passing volume and uh with the ravens ends up you know getting the same volume so a couple of a couple of tough choices there while while on the clock to decide but i think uh i feel a lot more comfortable now after um getting those wide receivers on board. Um, um, so I think the key, the week 13 correlation is going to be strong, strong for us here. Um, but I think it's, uh, that, that's putting a lot more of a shape to, to the overall roster. What are you guys' thoughts this year on McCall Hardman? He's maybe someone who, uh, you know, we were hoping would break out last year and maybe we were just a year too early. Um, you know, I don't know if he if he's a player necessarily to reach for at that last pick. But if he gets back to us, that would be a little bit of a value, it looks like. Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask you. Because he has finally started to generate a little bit of positive buzz. And again, we're not sure if that's the Chiefs just trying to cover over the fact that in consecutive drafts, they picked McCall Hardman over DK Metcalf and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor. But if they can get a little bit more value out of him, one of the things that they you know, continue to hint at is that he just can't run routes at all, which that's the risk that you take when you draft someone who really had no wide receiver production in college, right? I mean, why, why do you go about it that way? There are other fast guys out there. Now, some of those other fast guys have also busted. So it's not like this has been a purely wasted pick, but Hardman is interesting because despite the positive rhetoric that sometimes goes to Byron Pringle. And I think that Pringle will have a role. will score some points this season in the very deep best ball leagues. Pringle's a, is a good pick uh, at the same time. I mean, he's not going to be a guy who emerges as a star, or at least it's, it's fairly unlikely. And so, you know, if you have that guy, the chiefs are wanting to push, we know he can create big plays, even as he's played poorly through two seasons, he's had these, you know, 60, 70, 80 yard touchdowns where he takes the ball the entire distance. If he gets any volume to go with that, then he starts to become a pretty interesting player. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Blair, can you start naming out players that you really don't like? Because uh, I, I'm not joking. As Blair mentioned McCall Hartman, he went off the board at the 10.07. So uh, <laughs> there's definitely something suspicious going on at this point of the draft. I really hope Cole Beasley lasts until our pick. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm actually wondering, Sean, is Blair drafting one of these other teams uh, while we're drafting this team? Just he's picking the guys that he wants on the other team. <laughs> he might um, be. I mean, that's that's pretty sneaky. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, team six with that double elite tight end is... Well, I don't know. David Montgomery. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think once I see David <laughs> Montgomery, I think that changes... <laughs> changes it for us but um not um it's been very interesting so far so ideally when we're looking at coming back here to us are we are none of these ideal ones have worked out for us yet but are we looking at rugs and uh, rondell moore as kind of our preferred options it's, it's, it's bound to uh one of these is bound to work out isn't it <laughs> <laughs> but um i like those options i think uh if somehow Jalen Waddle makes it back, he's pretty intriguing too. What do you think of Jalen Rager in 2021? He's another player who looks a lot better when you consider the fact that he was injured last season and the quarterback position was a train wreck. I mean, the expectations for him to be a Justin Jefferson within the context of what happened last season just you know are not remotely realistic. If Hertz is a little bit better passer than people realize or believe then i mean there's receiving upside in this offense especially as teams are going to key on Devonte smith and so i think that he could could make some noise the question here is that one of the things that happened by taking jonathan taylor in the first round is it makes it a little bit less feasible for us to take some of these week 14 values late and so guys like waddle and rager who are also dealing with that bias situation, uh, they do fall very far in some drafts, and yet I don't know how well they fit for us. Yeah, and then Waddle has just um, has just come off the board, but we actually talked um, on, I don't know if it was this past week, Sean, but one of the last weeks on the Eagles, and it is going to be interesting to see how that offense does play out this year, and you mentioned it just like we, we I remember on that show we were going through some of the depths of targets and some of the players that were in, on that offense, Um the Eagles in, in general, outside of that kind of last maybe three weeks or so where they, they started to pick up a little bit. But um, I think Rager's interesting at that at that price. But as Sean mentioned with the week 14, it makes it a, a bit trickier. Um, but I have been drafting them in, in just your regular you know, 28 round, um, 28 round best ball drafts. Blair, if we get stuck on one of our two guys here, do you have running back preferences that we should attack? It probably doesn't make sense to draft Hines on a Jonathan Taylor team. I think one of these, well, one of these Houston running backs is definitely undervalued. I don't know if it's David Johnson or Philip Lindsay, uh, or maybe even both of them, but I've been liking to get one of them on my teams and probably not both. Question for you, Sean, have you drafted any David Johnson this year? Yeah, I, I did get, but Johnson has been laughing really late in some drafts and it, to the point where you're like, okay, well, Philip Lindsay is such a great pick, but I mean, is he a better pick just straight up? He might be. The issue that we have is that David Johnson actually wasn't that bad last season. And even when he is bad, 
if he's on the field at all, which the Texans are somewhat committed to, again, unless Philip Lindsay completely takes over, then you have a situation where, I mean, Johnson is a high-value touch machine, right? I mean, he gets those goal line touches even if he has a hard time punching him in. He does catch the passes, and so he doesn't have to be a good player to score some points. And, you know, the, the Houston Texans, I think, are going to end up being bad, but not bad to the extent where their team scores no fantasy points. And so, I mean, you're getting just a free pick almost at this juncture in David Johnson as as the Houston starter. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's hard to know which of the two it's going to be. Um, I will say that I've been drafting them, I would say, 75-25 in favor of Philip Lindsay um, in terms of the percentage. Um, I still, one of my favorite lines that I ever heard Johnson in the podcast was was about David Johnson looking like a, a slow Antonio Gates. <laughs> was one of my favorite lines from his time back with the, the Cardinals, not last season, but I think it's... I would probably lean towards Lindsay, but I, I do agree with what was what was being said there. Obviously, Ruggs has gone off the board as well. We have one pick left to go. I think I'm, I'm very happy to. I'm not even going to say it. Actually, if if the wide receiver I like manages to last one more pick, I'm very happy to draft him with the next pick. Um, I would say we're all on the same one. But at this point, are we probably going to take a running back? Well. We're on the clock. Yeah, Rondell Moore. Moore was the the guy I was talking about. Well, let's get him. <laughs> well, actually, let's wait it. Let's run it down and yeah. So I was about uh, God. I was terrified just to say his name because it just has not worked out when we mentioned their names. Um, but I think that's a a good pick there. And then, um, what what way are we going to look at the at the running back option? Or so, is there another wide receiver that, that is of interest here? Um, I know Gus Edwards is getting some buzz, and I haven't been drafting him much at all. What's your take on him? I don't mean buzz. I mean, he's going earlier than I expect him to in a lot of drafts. Why is that? <laughs> Could very, very definitely be wrong about this, but in our Zero RB player selection show on Stealing Signals, Ben, Gretsch, and I made the case that if anything happens to J.K. Dobbins, that Justice Hill is going to play a big role. And that Hill is really the kind of secondary breakout guy there. Now, that's not to say that Gus Edwards won't score some points. I I think that he will. But I think that his upside scenario is overstated. Now, any running back who could end up being the the starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens with how many rushing attempts they're going to have, how many goal line carries they're going to have, even with Lamar Jackson siphoning them off, how many points they're going to score. I mean, that guy in this range, uh, certainly not a bad pick, but even with David Johnson being washed up, it it just seems like his upside is significantly higher. So we take a shot on David Johnson here? or Yeah, it's such a weird draft. Let's go that way. (laughs) The um, other guy I was going to bring up, who I probably won't make it back, but might fit with our with our build, would be Rob Gronkowski. What do we think of him? I don't know if he'll get it back, but I guess if he does get back, it'll be. I have I have drafted him um, in those you know best ball standard leagues twenty twenty eight rounds um, as a as a third tight end on a, a few teams. Um, Based on what he did last year, you know, particularly down the stretch, I think there's there's value there. But um, I'm never all that sure just how much he's bought in, you know. <laughs> but I think that whole team probably 
thinks that they are within a chance of repeating and then they have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski who have been aboard that kind of journey a number of times uh, trying to do it so I, I think when we get into the names that you are looking at you touched on it earlier where it really does thin out I think there's there's not a huge amount more compelling names in that range that it could have that you know I'm not even going to say top. I'd say top ten upside, maybe as as high as I would as I would push it. I don't think I would push it much higher than that. Yeah, I mean, all you're hoping for if you draft someone like, I mean, especially like Gronkowski, is that his team is is able to move the ball really well and he scores a bunch of touchdowns and you know kind of backs into a tight end one season that way, which is which probably helps you at this ADP. So we'll leave it there for today's episode. An interesting start to the draft. A lot of the time uh, at that back end of the draft, we might have been looking to go wide receiver, wide receiver. But on this occasion, with Jonathan Taylor falling to where he has, even though there is a week 14 bye, and that is a key in this format that he's going to actually miss week 14 where the playoffs start. So that it does give you that extra week in the season where big Jonathan Taylor fans and um, it is an interesting one there. Uh, probably would have went... I think I would lean towards Hill Adams if that had been the option, but when Taylor went, I think it was a smart decision to pivot. I think getting those tight ends as well but makes for an interesting lineup. Obviously, we love the wide receivers. Tune back in for the next edition, which will be dropping tomorrow, and we will be talking through where the rest of those guys are going to go on our board. Which wide receivers are we going to target? How are we going to finish out the running back position? And so on and so forth. Of course, Blair did join us on today's show. That is Blair Andrews, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. Check him out on Twitter at Am I the Real Blair. Give him a follow. Uh, and Blair, as always, author of The Wrong Read. Tremendous content. Do check that out. As always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and my co-host of the Overtime podcast here on rotoviz radio is sean siegel check out sean's great work up on rotoviz.com until we're back with another edition of the show of course have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotoviz radio please rate and review the rotoviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotoviz with a discount through the rotoviz radio homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast Thank you.